five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the NMOA. We're getting it down, John. That's John Schulte. He founded it, I think, back long ago. The Direct Mail, or the Direct Marketing Association, though, goes back to 1986 in Wisconsin. And uh, join the digital resistance. You can encourage us with financial support, like many large agencies and printers do, or uh, just subscribe and you'll have access to the show notes every day, or just repost and that's one of the biggest things we get uh, help with to boost our engagement <coughs> on social media. Repost on LinkedIn especially. I had a great honor uh, this week to be featured in the ANA.net. Um, that's the Association of National Advertisers. Um, I, I did an article that I wanted to, I really wanted to get to big brands. I want them to understand that, you know, everybody's all in on figuring out AI and how to leverage AI. And uh, but Gardner Group suggests that almost all the AI projects fail. They don't get to ROI, return on investment. And so I wrote this article to explain why I had been able to not only get a return on investment, but and see what the return on investment was and incrementally compare my machine learning uh, customer segmentation with um, traditional RFM and other machine learning uh, formula. And, and what, what I found, and this is a story uh, that goes back into the 50s, <laughs> that AI has been talked about forever. Um, and here's, here's, a, here's the article about Gartner. I did follow that down a rabbit hole and found out that they, it was really more of a speech uh, about a speech, and uh, but it certainly caught on. Um, so for the Hudson Bay company, we built a system that could could tailor the model to the offer. And then for Cabela's, we found out that not everything that we knew about customer segmentation, for example, that recency is is always the most important, uh, that turned out not to be true. Okay, and um, we're going past down here. Um, but what what really, when the Gartner article really came out, uh, I was just puzzled because they said, you know, there's such a high failure rate with AI. And, you know, I had kind of self-taught my way into it. We, You know, I'd worked with Connie Bauer. She recommended some software and a graduate student of hers. Um, and we, uh, we... <laughs> You know, we, we made it up as we went along, but this system idea that we could tailor the we could tailor the customer segmentation to the offer that was, as far as I know, a new thing. And um, why could I do that? Why could I make money with modeling and machine learning when you know data scientists, other data scientists, couldn't? And it turns out that part of it is about what we know in direct marketing or direct mail. It turned out the reason we could do machine learning, here I got in my quote, was firmly connected to the medium of direct mail marketing. Why? Because we know who we mail to. Okay, and that sounds like a simple thing, but it's not. You know, if you think of TV broadcasting, they're broadcasting and 
They don't know who's got the TV on in a marketplace. They don't know. They know when the TV spot runs. They know where it runs in terms of the MSA, but they don't know who's got the TV on. And even if they track that, you know, with cable TV or something, they don't know if anyone's sitting there and they don't know if the people who are sitting there are paying attention, right? And so digital overcomes some of that. You know, they know which computer is seeing it, but they don't know whether you are engaged with it or not. They have no no idea, or even if the ad is visible, according to Dr. Augustine Fu. So, uh, so the big problem in advertising, you know, you can say it's a problem. You don't have to say it's a problem. If you do enough of it, you know, you get reach, you get frequency, you get, you get some salience, you know, you get some orders. Okay, so everybody knows their buyers who engaged and purchased, but nobody else knows who engaged and didn't buy. And what do I mean by that? Well, we know our mail is delivered, as I said. We know it goes to a decision maker because only a decision maker in the household can throw out the mail. We don't want our kids throwing out the mail, right? We never let them pick, the, pick up the mail even. We know that direct mail forces a decision, okay? Because direct mail doesn't throw itself away. It has to be decided upon and thrown away. So there is a conscious engagement. There's also a physical engagement. And your brain has 10 times more physical receptors than visual receptors so there you go okay so direct mail has the highest level of non-buyer engagement of any other medium we know who the non-buyers are and we know who the buyers are okay and so all other media literally throws itself away now you say, well, well, how does that matter? Well, when you train AI, you need a data set. Yesterday I spent some time talking about it. You can go back to see that one. That that you need a human-created data set. When you start letting the AI systems build the data sets, they break down the model. It doesn't work because they they only look at correlation and they reinforce the correlations that they find. Humans don't do that. Humans make a fresh look and decide where the where the stoplights are. And in this picture, for example, you can see that these are stoplights, but you can't really tell these don't have any lights on them. They're just boxes hanging up here in the corner. Okay, but if you're pulling up tight behind this, this uh, you know, package truck, you don't necessarily see these stoplights, but you would see these, but you wouldn't know if you're just an AI bot who's looking for the lights, the green, yellow, or or red lights, you might plow right into somebody, right? And that's why we let humans do these pictures. And that's what they're doing is generating a data set, okay? They're generating a labeled data set by humans. Uh, and I go into that a little more in the article. Direct mail has a built-in labeled data set, okay? Not only are the buyers known, but those households who saw, engaged, and decided not to buy are also known okay no other advertising media can claim to know the engaged non-buyers so the conclusion of the article is direct mail may be slow expensive difficult but it's the most cutting-edge medium for discovering who your real customers are and what makes them buy we can isolate causal variables we can understand the incremental impact of those variables that's key
okay? Before you spend millions or tens of millions to explore AI, understand that without direct mail, it is nearly impossible to achieve it. Okay, so, you know, I, I encourage you to subscribe to the WDMA at WDMA.org. And, uh, you know, I may, you know, usually I, I don't even email anybody. I haven't in, in months, but we're going to try and send one out today. So if you want to know about the WDMA meetup that we're going to have later in the month, then you better get on there and do it. Okay, I want to finish up with Mike Gunderson. I've left him plenty of time. Five ways to ensure your direct mail stands out from the crowd. Okay, and uh, to make the most of your direct mail efforts, you must give potential customers a reason to focus on your marketing. Okay, and that is absolutely correct and central, right? And he says the direct, the USPS delivers about 150 million billion, I'm sorry, pieces of mail every year. And of these, about half are, are uh, advertising mail. And so you've got to come up with a way to stand out from the crowd. Now, I decided just to, you know, well, what is that a day <laughs> per household? So I took a 77 billion divided by 150 million. It's a little bigger than that, but, you know, none of this is equally distributed. Then I divided by 52 for the weeks of the year. And then I divided by five because mostly the mail gets de delivered on five days a week. Couldn't divide by six. It came out to about two pieces of mail a day. There's an old story about uh, a you know, two guys are camping and they're, they hear a bear in the woods growling at them. And one guy quick grabs his tennis shoes and starts lacing them up. And the other guy says, that's not much good. You're not, you don't have, to, you're never going to outrun a bear. <laughs> the guy says, I don't have to outrun a bear. I only have to outrun you. <laughs> Always like that joke, obviously. <clears throat> so in the same way, you don't have to outrun uh, uh, 77 billion pieces of mail. You just have to outrun the, the other one that's in the mailbox. Now, they're not equally distributed, so you might have 10 one day and none for a couple more days. Obviously, that happens. You know, I always like the, the flyers on Father's Day. <laughs> it's my favorite time of the year, right? Anyway, I used to buy a newspaper just for that for that one slot. Okay. So, but then Mike says, the key is presenting your brand as a polished professional entity that can solve a problem. Mike and I might part ways with that one. I've told you before, I was invited to go to Southwest Bell to help them with their creative. And before I started, they, they said, well, now that you're here, before we start talking about creative, we'd just like to give you a little quiz, see how you do. I was young and arrogant, and I should have probably just turned around and left and sent him a bill. But, you know, I thought, well, what's the harm in it? So they, they had three uh, eight-foot tables laid out with mailing pieces. And they said, which one of, you, of these do you think did the best? <laughs> you get one pick, and there's probably 150 of them out there or something like that. I, so I spent a few minutes looking them all over, just glancing at them. Because that's, that's what your prospects are doing. They're glancing at your mail. They're not studying it. That's one of the things you have to keep in mind. Give it a glance and see if you can make any sense of it. And I picked one up and I waved it around. I said, how about this one? And they said, how did you do that? <laughs> and it was, it was a, a little kind of a, an executive size or digest size catalog. 
and it talked about some of the benefits of your landline or your phone system or whatever. It might have been mobile phone in those days. It's possible. But anyway, um, but it was after the AT&T breakup anyway, and so they were they were telling people about their other services and things. And I said, you know, it just looked honest to me. It was buff paper. It was maybe two color. It wasn't fancy. There were a lot fancier ones that looked a lot more professional. But it just looked real in some way. It looked like they really were trying to communicate with people and maybe saving a little money on the uh, on the format and the printing. So I've seen that happen too many times. I was working with General Binding Corporation, who makes those spiral binding machines for schools and laminators. They, they, you know, you, your kids come home with a laminated maple leaf in the fall. Um, and they were doing a, a, a lead generation piece to, to teachers in the late summer. And they had a very high gloss mailing piece, a, tr- a, a bifold, you know, three panel. And they had a picture of the pyramids on it. And it was uh, spot varnished, so the pictures popped out and it had a glossy look to most of it. And it said something like sale on the cover. And on the back cover, it had a picture of all kinds of different laminators way up into the, into the commercial printing laminators. Um, and uh, inside, it made this case that, you know, we could preserve your your maple leaves or your kids stuff you know like the pyramids preserved the the wealth of the pharaohs or something anyway they sent out 150,000 they got zero leads like zero maybe three i think they got three leads out of 150,000 pieces i don't know what the response rate of that is but it's not good 0.0005 or something so uh they sent it to me and they asked me to look it over. And they said, can you, you know, could you help us with this? Can you fix it? And so I wrote up a one page. You know, I said, you know, if you're going to do a sale piece, you might want to emphasize the sale and not make the piece so expensive looking. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a glamour piece that in some ways undermines its own message. I said further, if you're trying to, Get teachers, school teachers, elementary school teachers, to be interested in your product. You might want to talk about your elementary school classroom project product, not these huge multi-thousand-dollar machines that a printing company would would use. Those are my two main points. There was a lot of other points, and uh, they tried that, and it worked really well. Hundreds or thousands of leads. I don't remember. You know, they probably didn't do an A/B split because. You know, most people don't. But it essentially fixed the product problem. And I got a letter in the mail from the original designer who said that it, that I had engaged in a personal vendetta against him, uh, humiliating him and calling into question his design. Um, people can get pretty emotional about design. I learned not to criticize anybody's design until you find out whether it's the wife of the founder who's doing it. Or how much money it's making. You know, I talked about Stanley Tam a couple of weeks ago. And Stanley, I I got him as a client because I wrote to him and I said, you have the ugliest business-to-business catalog in the world. But Stanley was doing $5 profit per piece. 
I don't think, you know, which is like a $20 with his margins, with a, like a $20 revenue per piece. And he was just mailing the, uh, the, the, the Thomas Register. <laughs> you know, no segmentation, no nothing. And just, you know, it looked honest to people. It looked like this is not a, this is not a, uh, this is, this is somebody I can trust. And he talked about Jesus owning his company and, um, very, very successful company is going on still to this day. So you got to be really, really careful. But one of the things I do like here is about, you know, generate a response, but you can do branding without a response. You know, uh, Andrew Ettinger talks about um, this tree trimming guy out in the East Coast that sends out monthly 20,000 postcards every month talking about how they're ready to help if you need help. And Andrew sends out a lot of postcards for HVAC maintenance people, um, you know, and, and there's always an offer. They want people to respond. Uh, but the fact is they do it every month in their trading area. And most people aren't going to call when their furnace is working or their air conditioner is working. But they will call for sure somebody when it isn't working. And digital promises that they'll be there when the person searches Google for the for the nearest or the handiest or whatever uh, HVAC repair. But the truth is you're down a couple of pages before you even get to an HVAC company. You're going to get to Yelp and, and Nancy's List or whatever her name is and all kinds of HVAC multi-industry promoters and you won't even find one. Whereas for the people that are mailing monthly, Maybe one of them stuck to the refrigerator. Maybe they, maybe I've been meaning to call them to get my furnace inspected, but I forgot, you know. But when that thing goes out, I know who to call. You bet. And when, uh, and when Tropical Storm Sandy hit the East Coast, this guy had more business than he knew what to do with, you know. And he has a regular solid business, doesn't do any digital, right? Because you can do branding. You can. You have engagement. Right, You have tactile and you have visual engagement where the recipient makes a decision and you know they're in your trading area. Unlike when you buy a Facebook ad, they could be in Indonesia somewhere. If you're not careful, they will be. Okay, So you know that there's more engagement in mail than there is in almost any other medium. Okay, So yes, make design a priority, but here's the key word here, experiment. And what I mean by experiment is test. And I mean a field-valid scientific experiment where you, you attempt to isolate causal variables. You test different kinds of, of images. You test the different fonts and colors. You test and test and test. And with a response device, you can measure the results on an A-B split. And I'm sure that's what Mike's talking about, too. Okay? And a lot of great tips here. Get over to WDMA.org. Uh, Gunderson is one of the most country's most respected direct marketing agencies, and they're a big supporter of WDMA, and they often repost, which I like, and uh, so I'm a big fan. But, Mike, sometimes when you slack it up, it does better, I have to say. I could tell you more and more and more stories. I have a lot of slacked up stories. Uh, and as you know, the ad agency never let me present my portfolio. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.